0: Hey, this is Ben World from sheathcomics.com. You're listening to the Top 5 Comics podcast.
1: Welcome to a historic episode of Top 5 Comic Podcast. People talking about comics, pop culture and events. With us today we have the masters of horror from the deepest, darkest depths of the Black Lagoon comes Ross. Hey. <laughs> Coming off your old-timey radio, it's Jeepers Creepers with Mike. <laughs> Soft. <laughs> Creeping around the ladies' lingerie is the Invisible Man, CBS.
2: It is apropos, that's where I would be. The only time I'm invisible is when I'm naked. Nothing? the mystery man? Then <laughs> Ben Stiller was in it. I'm looking at you, Ross. I've seen it. Okay, all right. And skulking
1: around the exit of the theater, the Phantom of the Opera. I have a, I have a half mask. <laughs> I got burned and
2: stuff, It's just on half my face. I'm a monster. <laughs> that part is true. Let's well, rob everybody. Thanks, th- thanks, for, thanks for showing up. Welcome to the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Today we are doing episode number 100.
1: Congratulations, Top 5 Comics, on 100 excellent
3: episodes.
1: Happy 100th and Top 5 Comic Podcast.
3: Happy 100th
4: episode, Top 5 Comics. 100
1: episodes! Woo!
4: Congrats on 100
3: episodes, Top 5 Comics.
4: Hey, Rob and Steve, happy 100th episode of the Top 5 Comics
0: Podcast.
3: Happy 100th episode, Top 5 Comics. Happy
0: 100th episode, Top 5 Comics Podcast. Happy 100th episode of the Top 5
2: Comics Podcast. If you like it saucy, they got sauce. If you like it spicy, they got spice. This is the podcast from Top 5 Comic Shop. 100th episode anniversary. Woo! Congratulations, guys. It's been awesome. 100.
3: 100.
2: Right? Isn't that weird? That's what I said. Then Ross is like, let's go back to number one. And I'm like, you don't work for Marvel. And he's like, sometimes. And I'm like, hang on, what? I think he thought Marvel was something different than what it actually is. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know what you do other than murder at night.
0: Is there anything else?
3: <laughs> no, there's not. So, really, so you're still doing the assassin really, thing.
2: Well, when you're trying to phrase the Ross assassin into a t-shirt line, you won't have it, but it's only because the first part's a Ross assassin. It's not something you're really supposed to talk about. That's what I've been told. Yeah. That's what I've been told. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's see. Today we're going to be doing uh, Metal Number no. Three, DC Comics. Uh, then we're going to be doing Legacy Number no. One, uh, from Marvel Comics, the one shot. Um, and then we'll follow that up with uh, Slots Number no. One from Image, Gotham City Garage Number no. One, and Iron Man Number no. Five Hundred and Ninety Three which technically is a number one story arc within Marvel Legacy Number Jump. So almost a number one for us? Almost? Almost. Almost. All right. It's, it's a number one in spirit. In spirit. Okay. That's a, that's a good place to be. I would leave. say it's number one in my heart, but that's not as much. Oh. It's hurtful. It's not quite there. Hurtful. But it's
1: lower than its actual number in, in my heart. Oh. That... I mean,
2: it's not quite 500-something. Oh, gotcha. That still doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's all right. Uh, moving forward with that, I think... So you mean you don't like Iron Man? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm... I'm, I'm better with it now, after Legacy. Oh, okay. Because of... You know. you, you're not a friend of the RiRi. No. Okay. The Iron Heart's not in your heart? No. She's Iron, but not in your heart. Yeah, no. Take no. take that, lady. She should have her own book. Maybe she'll get her own book now. Yeah. And then it can get cancelled. So <laughs> the other ones aren't...
3: Are you saying that she's a... Squirrel. No, girls? that's her yeah. name. Her name is Riri Wilson. No, but as a character is she uh... <laughs>
2: sorry, I misunderstood you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, <terrible>. that's hilarious. Man, <laughs> yeah, That's that is pretty bad. So those of you at home that are sensitive, sorry. If if you're if you're sensitive, you can't I guess. Say anything. No, no, but it's it's all implied. It's all implied. Yeah, but you can apply anything to Ah that. uh, that's
3: Is she a sweetheart? Is she uh a...
2: She's a lady that it has an Iron Man suit that was in the Iron Man book as the Iron I'm going to stop. She she feels very fake and forced. She's on that game. Yeah. No,
1: she, they're pushing her as hard as they can and really? slapping themselves on the back as hard as they can, too. Who is she? She's a character that they just made up oh, well, it's not to, like to slide in and replace... Or, yeah, slide in and
2: replace Tony. Because there's two of everybody. Two Thors, uh, two Spider-Mans, two Iron Mans. Well, it's three if you can, Dr. Doom. It got a little complicated with uh,
3: Dr. Doom. It's caps. There's two of them. Better than Iron man. There is two caps.
2: That's, yeah. Well, no, okay, so that's enough of that nonsense. After the books, we'll go ahead and run a uh, interview that was done at the Colorado Springs Comic-Con 2017. Uh, this is with Ash um, Masco, which I think is how you say it. Sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, man. Uh, him and, uh, Ashley Witter do the, uh, Scoyers book. Um, real recently we saw Ashley, uh, is set up to have, uh, one of the regular covers for Star Wars coming out pretty soon for, uh, Marvel. Uh, but yeah, so the two of them are the, the group that do, does, uh, Scoyers, if, which if you haven't checked it out, you really should. Uh, so we'll run that after we're done going through the books. Hey, Ross, got any news for us today? Ross with news from the Dog pile?
3: God
0: damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any news for you. Maybe you have news for you though.
2: That is sad, Ross. When I ask for news, I, I wanna know what the weather was like. <laughs> Game I, stuff.
0: I've been inside doing
2: homework
1: uh, for days now. So see so,
2: so Ross, you should you go
1: Well that's all I got now. Back to you <laughs> <laughs> See.
2: And for those of you who didn't see because this is an audio thing, Rob put his hand to his ear as if he was talking to a mic piece. Perfect. <laughs> I, I have some <clears> game news. Okay, so, well, let's it, start with it that. has
1: nothing to do with comics, unfortunately. No, yeah, that's sad. We'll go on. All right, Shadow of War came out for
2: all the consoles, actually. Well, it kind of has something to do with the comics, because there's a bunch of ads on the back of a whole oh, lot of these yeah. books Yeah, they're hitting,
1: they're hitting the comic industry very hard with their ads, which is great. Thank you for keeping comics coming out. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, the Shadow of War was plagued from the beginning with really bad microtransactions and the company kind of shoveling itself down a hole with the execution of these uh, microtransactions, including having a special paid DLC for Michael Ferby? 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 I'm probably saying his last name wrong. He was a engineer with Monolith that helped out on a lot of their projects... And passed away during the development of the game. So as kind of a legacy thing for him, they decided to put him in as a orc, called Fortog the Orc Slayer. And he will show up like a mysterious stranger in your game. So if you're dying and you like messed up your save, he'll come in and actually save you randomly. The downside was, Warner Bros. Interactive and Monolith decided that The legacy of this man should be a $5 DLC that you can pay to have his memory in your game if you want. Well, you know. Uh, Which. Gotta earn it. Didn't actually extend to. It it had a small charity donation, but only in certain parts of the country.
2: Yeah, you know. Uh,
1: Since then, however, probably because of bad review, but who knows, they have actually made that free. Um, and Shadow War, although still plagued with DLC, is fantastic. So, it is worth checking out. Just like anything else, know that, it, that the microtransactions are there and that you can completely avoid them. But, at least, they did the right thing in the end with Fortog and, and stopped charging for it when it's supposed to be a legacy for a fallen comrade.
2: Well, that way they don't have to donate anything. But what bump ting... <laughs> Take that! I don't know if the donations
1: were, were what they were worried about, like, like whatever. I mean, honestly, it, it's just it's bad business. Oh yeah, policy. bad PR, yeah. bad choice.
2: Yeah, bad. I just slap your hand.
3: Did you know Terminator Six starts filming in March?
2: I have no idea.
3: Anybody who cares?
2: I do. <laughs> I care about the Terminator a lot, actually. There's a whole thing about that. We have only had one John Connor, that was the original John Connor. And it's from the first movie. Since then, all the yeah. other John Connors have been offshoots that are failures. Well, this is James Cameron. It doesn't matter it's a director. doesn't matter if he directs it or not. If they would have left it at one movie, then it could be a circle. But since they made other movies, there isn't a circle. People want to say John's dad's the other guy that came back in time. No. The original John's dad is some trucker from a gas station that the lady didn't even know. And he managed to be a badass, sent his friend back to save him, and then the friend got the away and caused problems, and then we get Furlong. Don't get me wrong, Furlong had his time, I guess. The every that John Connor since then has been a failure... That includes well, Christian Bale. I think this is
3: supposed to pick up after Terminator 2, I think. So they're going to try to race 3,
2: 4, and 5? Well, shouldn't they?
1: Wow. Well, I mean, Genesis
2: finally... Genesis kind of fixed kinda it. better.
1: Kind of. Yeah. I mean, 3 was...
2: It was bad. Rough. Yeah. rough. Gen- this time it's Genesis a lady Terminator. Right.
1: Ooh.
2: Well, that's what made her better.
1: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah
2: obviously. We saw a John. that was terrible. Yes.
1: Yeah. Now, that, that's a theory that's been floating around for a little while.
2: Isn't it the, the John Connor theory? I have no idea if it is or not. That's what I believe. The Most people tell me that I'm wrong because there's a giant circle and I say, well, if there's one movie, you're right. But there's multiple movies so clearly that's not the truth. Hmm. Well, no, it's, since we didn't die in Judgment Day,
1: the future has been changed. So, yeah. Bum, bum, bum. It's, it's obviously
2: not a circle. What do we know about Terminator 6? Pardon me? What do we know about Terminator 6? Not a whole lot. Just a bunch right. of gibberish. Just <laughs> what's happening. Okay. James Cameron, you know. Yeah. Well, at least Cameron's part of it, so I guess we'll see how that goes. And
1: well, Cameron, you know, I mean, he's hitting this sometimes. Because well, he's he usually... You know, he's he's usually a, pretty he's, decent. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his reputation. Well, okay. was fan. Wasn't he Prometheus and... No. Where am I thinking? That's no, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott.
3: My bad, sorry. No, he's uh, yeah. Avatar and... Sorry, James Terminator. Cameron. And what else did he do? Aliens. They did the second yes. aliens. Second yeah.
1: aliens.
3: Titanic with an S. Yes. We, don't, we don't count Titanic. And they did Aquaman and Entourage. Uh, which we didn't see,
1: but... Oh. <laughs> did the huh. Aquaman TV series? Is that no. Oh,
2: the that's movie. what it was credited for. Oh, yeah, They did the movie in it's the It's all set that's up right. for <laughs> fake things that never <laughs> happened. Secrets and Lies is what that is. What's talk about something else is not Secrets and Lies, but should be awesome. So we were talking earlier, Mike, about Happy. Yes. So, Happy... I I feel like we talked about it on the show once before, I don't know, probably uh, a while back. And what... I can't remember the artist now. Duh. I do not remember that either. He did him and Grant
3: Grant Morrison's hmm. love child.
2: Yeah. uh, Happy
3: it's being turned into a
2: TV series or... sci-fi. Which begs the question. However, I have since seen the trailer when I've initially said... I've seen the trailer. Sci-fi what? Uh
3: Uh-huh.
2: But, man, that trailer is freaking awesome. Uh, Chris, uh... Christopher Maloney, Maloney is a guy playing the part, and like he's awesome in general. Uh, if you don't know the name, he's a dude that looks like the dude that <laughs> played Casey Jones in the first Turtles movies, the live-action ones. The dudes look like the same dude.
3: He's in that SVU
2: show. He was in SVU, Cro- uh, Criminal, uh, the Law and Order yeah. SVU. And he was in Oz. He was in Oz. He was also Freak Show and Kumar and Harold go to White Castle, or Harold and Kumar to White Castle. Yeah, he's the first one. He's a freak show in the Junkyard, surprisingly enough. Uh, man's talented. I think yeah, he's I'm freaking awesome. Right. So, yeah, watch, check out the trailer. Uh, you can find it on IMDb. Happy with an exclamation point. Should be freaking great. I mean, when he first said sci-fi, I said, the guys that did Sharknado? You're like, I don't think it's the same people. And I'm like, the guys that did Sharknado? I'm going to say no that it's not the same guys doing Sharknado. Although there might be something to do with some guys with, in the Valley... Book about fallout, nuclear waste. It's true. That's Grand Junction base for those of you that listen to the show here in town. Anyhow,
1: uh, oh, there's one other movie thing. Um, they're working on the television series for the New Mutants. All oh, right, and it's going to have like a horror element. So I don't think it's a movie. It's not TV. Okay. It's
2: a movie.
1: But yeah, I, it's
3: supposed yeah, to yeah, be some good horror. things. Yeah. When Arrow confirmed a big DC character in the Arrowverse here recently, I guess, so we're going to.
2: I, a big I name am dropped. not current on the Arrow series, so do you know what the name is? Yeah. What's the name? Bruce Wayne. Oh, you yeah, already have that? He's all over Queen. No, he,
3: Bruce Wayne exists yeah, in the universe, I, no. but it's not, I think it's separate from, it has to be separate from uh, the Gotham show because it's kind of like behind the eight ball anyway, but...
2: Yeah, it, it's got a lot of different. The, the, the three things don't connect with that particular series. That is interesting that they're gonna bring the alma mater, what the half the show is based on, into the show. That's interesting. Well, I mean, he can do his thing and then leave. That's true. I mean, he's not gonna stick around. Show high fives and then
1: leave. Possibly. All you know, right. I mean, I'm not sure it's gonna be a little bit more than that, but I mean, it could be like Flash. I mean, we might have a couple of episodes or something, and then he goes back to Gotham because he's like.
2: This is ridiculous. People in Gotham are getting punched in the face because I'm here. <laughs> right. In your damn hands, Green Arrow. And you've got to punch people in the face because Crime has a big nose, right? Yes, yeah, and that's why he gets punched in, in the, the face. In
3: the Titans so TV show, you know they're working on right. The pilot they recruited the uh, director that did Fringe.
2: Oh, that's oh, cool. Interesting. Okay. the Fringe is great. Oh, be interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty. That's pretty cool. If you like that idea. I, I, I'm all for the idea of taking. Speedy and moving her over to the Titan show—I think that'd be cool, but I don't think they're going to do that. And I, I don't
3: know—I know they cast Beast Boy recently.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
3: And I know they've got—they've got, uh, they've got uh, Nightwing.
1: you mm, see, like as much as I like Beast Boy as a character, when you talk about him on a live-action show, so kind of falls apart. Yeah, yeah, well, they have Starfire. It's going to have to be
0: hard. really high quality for him to yeah. hold off. Hawk and Dove, and Raven.
1: Or at least they're going to have to figure out how to make him fun and not goofy emo. Right. Yeah.
3: Like, he used to be back when Marv Wolfman and and Perez were doing it. He wasn't that bad then.
0: No. I I mean,
1: as a character now, he's so good.
0: It's just when you talk about putting him into a live-action thing, you worry what they'll do to his character to make him fit into a live-action situation. Because he's basically always the comic relief, and how that'll work when it'll cost a lot more to make him transform into funny things
1: yeah I know you're going to wrong like the Teen Titans I think executed it perfectly in the animated series but it's again animated it's not live action mm. start turning people into artworks and stuff
2: it falling apart giraffes that's where I think it falls apart unless they're tiny giraffes <laughs> like people sized Jeffrey from Toys R Us oh that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he's he's are tall
0: people. Size,
2: whatever. He punches
0: you with this. He's like twelve
1: feet tall.
2: Jeffrey the giraffe? Maybe the I don't know. I've right never, I never, majored him. I never measured
1: him. I don't know.
2: I don't know enough to know that. It's a guy in a suit. So yeah, that's true.
3: I guess you're right. Never so oh, mind. any of you watch that Gotham show?
2: Mm-hmm. First couple seasons, not religiously. Oh, yes, pieces. So have
3: Solomon Grundy in it?
2: Or yeah, or? that's what I heard. They did name drop for last season, I guess. I Which see. is interesting, but mm, but I mean it's
1: kind of like brother brother blood and Arrow. It's yeah, it's a name drop. Yeah. Although it would be hilarious if they got Dolph Lundgren to be Solomon Grundy.
2: <laughs> They've already cast the guy going to be it. It's the guy that's already in the series. That's a mistake. They gave they gave his real name and his real name happens to be the same as Solomon Grundy. And so what do
3: you think about the chilling adventures of Sabrina?
2: I <laughs> think that thing will be freaking great. Did you see Riverdale? I haven't awesome. seen Awesome. Is it good? I For all the teen angst in it, I thought, great, great. So they had that edge
3: it, to it? The yeah,
2: it's got it's got weird darkness to it. It's
3: not afterlife,
2: obviously. No, but. no, no. I mean, it's still full of teen drama, but they're all in high school, so and the CW put it together. But yeah, as far as being interesting and not just, like, cheesy, yeah, it was great. Like, Jughead being one of the kids from Cody and what's the two twins that were on Nickelodeon? Or on... N- 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 not Nickelodeon. Where's the mouse from? Cart- Disney? Disney. Disney. There you go. Gosh, man. The Disney Channel. How is that so hard for me to figure out? The two twins from Disney Channel? The, the boys that were the sweet life of Zack and Cody? There you go. Jughead is one of them. The one that's still acting. The other one, I guess, went to college to be smart and study things. Yeah. And it, to me, that was hope, mind-blowing when I heard that. I'm like, really? Yeah, He's don't... one of those kids? Huh? Weird. Yeah, Apparently, mean, everyone else is like, "Yeah, that's stupid." Nah, I like, think it's to, right.
1: like, you know, shrivel up and decay like mummies. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <They, they, laughs> like the Olsen <laughs> twins, you find out there's a third. There's a third Olsen, and she's awesome. And the other two just shrivel away. Yeah, I kind of
1: wish they would. Although oh. they, they've diminished a lot lately.
2: Yeah. So. Whatever he they only sacrificed so many souls once he the is was gone. What else are you gonna do sacrifice wise? I mean it's a pretty big name to drop.
3: From what I understand they're gonna really gear it towards that book. I mean it's gonna be pretty the dark. The Sabrina book? Yeah.
2: Oh. I be pretty we dark. got complete I got completely off topic there for a second. It'll be pretty dark. I mean to that, I think that's cool. I think that'd be that'd be good times. Good yeah, time, so good if times. it's anything
0: like the comics, that'll be way cool. Heck yeah. I don't foresee them doing a whole lot oh, like the comics because no, there's way too
2: much like, like Satan sacrifice in and, there, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But, like Sabrina, Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or whatever they call it now, just Sabrina,
3: Chilling Adventures, Chilling Adventures,
2: yeah, yeah it's it's legit, folks. As far as like witches and witchcraft and rituals and sacrifice, yeah, it's it's legit. It's there's no, uh, yeah, there's there's no that explains at all part of it.
0: There's a free Halloween. Comic Fest issue of that coming out.
2: Oh. Is that just for the for Halloween Comic Fest? Mm-hmm.
0: It's a reprint of one of the issues, sure. if you're interested
2: in it, that might be a
0: good place to start right. out.
2: That's a good point. Have you heard of Project 13? Uh, no, I've heard of Warehouse 13, which was a TV series I liked a lot. Well, some DC Plus. Comics adaptation of CW's
3: Project 13.
2: Uh, not of information to know what that, that is, yeah. like at like this point. Anyway. Anyway. Um, oh, I don't know if you guys know this or not. but something I found out recently today. Something i never heard of before people might be willing to search for. This is really is news. It's just like a nugget of stupid. So I guess get ready. <laughs> so there was a TV show attempted back in like 2002-ish, I think, that was called uh, Jack and Jetstream? No. Oh, dang it.
0: I think that's my dog's band. Uh, no,
2: <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> that's that's <awful>. Jack and <laughs> Jetstream. <laughs> I don't think it was Jetstream. I think it's, 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 a, it's a <laughs> really stupid name. Heat Vision and Jack. And it's Jack Black and his talking motorcycle, made by <laughs> Ben Stiller. And I can't remember what the other name of the guy that produced it was. But Ben Stiller's the one that put it together. And Jack Black plays, plays an astronaut who got too close to the sun, so it may cause his brain to expand. So he knew everything. And then we came back. Uh, NASA, of course, wanted to use him for evil things or whatever. And the motorcycle uh, was his roommate that got shot by a ray that mixed him and his motorcycle together. And that was uh, Heat Vision. And the voice of Heat Vision um, is... uh, Who was in... Shoot, I can't remember the guy's name. He's got, like, a broken-looking nose, shaggy blonde hair... He's in movies with Ben Stiller.
1: Owen Wilson?
2: There you go. See, if this is the Million Dollar Pyramid, Rob would be the winner. So Jack Black... Yes.
3: ...rides Owen Wilson.
2: Uh, effectively, not physically, but yes, as a in motorcycle. An idea, yes. As a motorcycle. As a motorcycle, yes. Uh-huh. Owen Wilson is his talking roommate motorcycle. It is freaking ridiculous. But if it was a cartoon right now... It would be blowing Family Guy's doors off off the charts because it's so ridiculous. Anyhow, uh-huh. if you guys get a chance, take a look at that thing. It would be kind of like Archer. Yeah, a lot, Yeah, exactly. Actually, like very, very similar. Jack gets smart when the sun's up. When the sun goes down, he goes back to being stupid. Jack. He dances a couple times. And then and he goes to the strip club. He constantly talks. The motorcycle's not affected by the sun, except for probably wear and paint, I guess.
1: The motorcycle is just always always awesome.
2: Owen Williams. Owen, so. oh, um, yes. I'd imagine he complain a lot
1: about not being able to lay down.
2: Uh, he does complain once about being hungry, and then they show, of course, the E for empty. Oh. Other than that, if he gets kicked over once. He's like, He kicked me over, I couldn't follow him, he kicked me over. Which is kind of hilarious, because it's a motorcycle. So once you kick it over, oh. it's not like you can pick yourself up. Thirty minutes of your life and never get back. Just now, that was like five minutes of your life and never get back. So well, I started thinking about it. So that's bad. There you go. All right. Well, now that I threw that up on everybody. Oh, my um, project
1: thirteen at this time is actually a really, really new thing. So there's not a lot of details out yet, but it's going to be centered around a character called Tracy Thirteen, who is one of DC's kind of go-to spiritualists. It traditionally had been a man named Terrence 13 but it's kind of handed down the generation to the modern
2: day of where It's Trace of, of course
1: yes. there's thoughts that this is going to be how they're going to wrap in Constantine again and a couple other like mystic style characters into the story in project 13 mm-hmm. so but right now it's so early there's actually sites that have like hours of how long it's been since they broke down
2: but they were Doing it. That this thing's happening. Well, we know Constantine's supposed to be showing up again. And I think it's in this next season of Arrow. today's oh, <laughs> So. Yeah.
0: And they're doing the animated Constantine, too. Right. That's going
2: to be on the yeah. CW seed. I, th- I think that'll be cool. I haven't watched
0: much of that because I'm not into the CW stuff for the most part. Right. But that Constantine animated thing looks like one of the coolest animated things I've ever seen.
2: Like they did a bunch later. of mini ones before for Vixen, and they weren't, they weren't bad. I mean, they had Emil and uh, the guy who plays the Flash, whose name I should know and don't know. Mm. They had them do the voice of their characters, so... See, and
0: this just looks good on a... because of it being a good cartoon.
1: So,
2: so animation, it style? The animation, the animation style? The animation style's
0: good, good, and, like, the concept behind it looks really cool, and it's yes. a bunch of demons fighting each other and stuff. Sweet. And blood
3: everywhere. To, and like,
2: oh, it's still going. It's easy. still going. It just comes out slow. Which, that is freaking awesome, too. Thing. All right. Well, um, is that enough of that nonsense? Yeah. News? Sort of news? Yeah, sure. Nonsense, just in general. After the books, we'll go ahead and run a uh, interview that was done at the Colorado Springs Comic-Con 2017. Uh, this is with Ash Masco, which I think is how you say it. Sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, man. Uh, him and uh, Ashley Witter do the uh, Squires book. Real recently, we saw Ashley uh, is set up to have uh, one of the regular covers for Star Wars come out pretty soon. For uh, Marvel. Uh, but yeah, so the two of them are the, the group that do, does uh, Squires, which if you haven't checked it out, you really should. Uh, so we'll run that after we're done going through the books. I guess let's move on to uh, Metal number three. So this is jumping right in the middle of what's going on, because we have two more issues, no, three more, four or five, three more issues to come out to finish Metal. So, I mean, this is kind of a jump in the middle, so I guess good luck. Grab your boots, pull up your waders. <laughs> Hopefully you have an umbrella. No? None of that stuff makes any sense? Ross didn't pack any of that. He's a bit more rubber underwear, and I'm like, that's almost useful. I I don't think I actually said that. (laughs) In my head, you did. (laughs) Which is terrible. Uh, Anyhow, okay, so, gosh, try to get serious for a second, folks. Not that anybody cares, but there we go. Uh, So Scott Snyder's guy writing it, uh, Greg Capullo drawing it, so you should know them from Batman New 52. When we first open up here... Now, metal has been a crazy mess of crazy. So, when we first open up at issue three, we start out in Smallville, Kansas, the childhood home, and then they say, of rock. And what we have going on is we have John and Damien basically in a... what looks to be a rock band? The two are playing guitars, and, of course, the song is... No, 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 Batman.
0: I didn't even see that. That's awesome. Yeah, so they're singing... (laughs) The Batman theme
2: song. Uh, their adoring or fawning parents are watching. So Jim, or so, uh, Clark, Lois, Bruce. And, uh, while they're out there talking, they're, they've planned to have a party and the entertainment for the party. So the rest of Jessely is supposed to show up. And the entertainment's going to be the boys playing. And so, as they're talking, like, Clark makes a, makes a mention about how that Bruce's song doesn't have a build up to it. And he's like, oh, you know, I like it, though. And he's like, yeah, but, like, Superman's song, like, my theme song, which is odd, because it's, like, my theme song, and that's only, like, a universe-to-us thing. Yeah. has a lot of build-up. When you think about the Superman theme from the 80s and 90s movies, it does have a lot of build-up. Funny, because it's funny. Anyway, Willis is really enjoying it, and as Bruce is talking to Clark, he decides that, you know, he's going to tell him all, thanks for helping him, and try to be, like apologetic or thankful for them helping him with his problems during Metal. And they all respond oddly to that. Because Bruce doesn't really say thank you for anything. Really. Next thing you know, he's bleeding on his chest, and Diana points it out, and she's like, You're bleeding, and you really see the blood, and it's in the shape of a bat symbol. And from there, his chest throws up a giant being from inside, which if you... An alien. No. Well, no. Damn it. (laughs) It throws up from inside of him. It's it's, uh, Barbados. So, like, the giant hooded devil-looking Batman with wings. And, uh, he starts... Basically grabs a hold of Superman and starts squeezing him. And Bruce is like, Oh, no, not again! And we realize that all of this has been some type of fake nightmare that he's living in. And... From there, the riders come over the, the hill, and it's the rest of the metal Batmans. So we have the battery laughs, and we have the death machine, and we have uh, Drowned and Merciless, and they're all on horseback coming to this now inferno where Clark is being tortured. But it's odd because it's Clark being tortured. Now, if you're mm. current on the book, then you understand why that is. Um, of course, that leads us to finding out that Clark's been trapped, Inside one of the giant spires that have been resurrected by Barbados and the Knights, um, the Dark Knights, that they're using to enslave people in and fuel with their nightmares. Wonder Woman has managed to free Superman by using the Lasso of Truth to pull him him off the spire. And she lets him know that, well, most of Gotham has been turned into these uh, crazy, like, uh, Doomsday monsters, thanks to one of the other bats, who also happens to be Doomsday. And he's like, there's Jimmy, I have to help Jimmy. He, she, she tells him, you can't help Jimmy, Jimmy's already transformed. And Superman's worried about John and Lois, and she lets her know that Lois has been changed, but John is fine. And uh, that leads Superman to automatically go after Barbados, enraged, which makes sense. Of course, that doesn't lead to any real win for Superman. Uh, there's a lot of dialogue between A and B that explains things are going on. That as Superman chases towards Barbados he encounters another person in the fog around Barbados. And he hears the voice, and the voice is Bruce. And from what he can see with his Kryptonian vision, it's Bruce. But it turns out that it's not really Bruce, it's a doomsday Bruce. This situation is pretty freaking bleak. And while Superman is trying to deal with him, eventually he winds up crashing into the center of Gotham where he's surrounded by a snowstorm, which we can thank the Bat Who Laughs for. The Bat Who Laughs a few issues back in one of the sidebooks, the Teen Titans, we end up finding out that he's split Gotham into a giant maze, being controlled by different parts of Batman's, gallery. his rogues gallery, that's a good way to say it. Uh-huh. So this section that's full of snow is Mr. Freeze's section, who's been turned into a giant golem. And of course, the bat who laughs warns Batman to watch out for the giant golem. <laughs> and then they take the whoop in his ass. And, uh, it looks pretty bad for suits. Until uh, all of a sudden we see an ankh appear, and the Flash runs out of the doorway and pulls him into a pocket, a section of pocket dimension that Dr. Fate has sealed off from the rest of them, which is in the old bar in England, the one that uh, the knights go to, the oh. Batman knights. I can't remember the name of it. I'm sure it's here in the book, but I don't remember. So I guess you have to search that up yourself. The folks that are there is Bobo and Nightmaster. And Nightmaster is working as the bartender, and Bobo is the tech chimp.
0: Okay, what so I was just going to ask. Yeah. I, like I think so, but... It is. They so, say No, they don't. So. They just
2: call him Bobo, but he's Detective Chimp. So the two of them are there, and then we have the Flash, Aquaman, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, uh, Wonder Woman, Nightwing. As we go over things, Nightwing starts explaining Superman other problems that have happened. And uh, one of those small problems is that uh, the murder machine, which is our cyborg, Batman, Batman. has created a bunch of... Uh, Nano Alfreds that he has basically controlling uh, a big chunk of the city. So there's all these little, all these Alfred clones, like robot clones, basically just torturing people and hurting them. Uh, Then he talks about the Red Death Speed Force ring that he's created in Keystone. That if you touch it, starts draining you and aging you. So you've got a bunch of old people wandering around who've gotten into the green mist and skeletons, and it's a real mess. So, like, things are super bleak. Um, about that time, we wind up having Damien show up, and Damien's with a green arrow. And now, we had a really big revelation during the Gotham Resistance, the four-part crossover, that they didn't announce was a crossover until it was already happening, which leads from the Teen Titans to Nightwing to Suicide Squad to Green Arrow. And all four of those stories lead to what answer was revealed in the middle of this, that they finally figured out a way to fight them. So I'm going to leave that off the page just because I figured you guys should read the books. So, you know, that's what it is. Are you sure
0: Grant
3: Morrison didn't write this?
2: Pretty sure. According to the, No, he yeah.
0: didn't. Yeah. I know what you mean. I really like uh, Damien and Nightwing and stuff. Their new designs for this type of thing is cool.
2: Oh, yeah, the look of their hoods. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Anyway, so they go over what they found as a weapon, and then uh, they start talking about what to do next. And Nightwing's like, well, I think we should stay here and fight, because that's what Bruce would want us to do. And Superman's like, no, no, I'm pretty sure in my vision he was calling to me. They used the code that me and Diana have with Bruce when we first performed the Trinity. And it's an interesting thing they talk about, and how they're supposed to... So you recite something that Bruce was saying to him in the opening sequence. Uh, in the opening sequence, Bruce said something about Carpe Diem, which means seize the day. It's, you know, it's a saying uh, from Latin, I think. Mm-hmm. And Clark's like, it struck me as weird. And so... In his head, he's decided it's a message from Batman. And so, Nightwing and him argue for a second, and then Damien jumps in the middle of it, saying, no, we have to say my dad. And he basically bitch slaps Nightwing. And he's like, you don't want to fight, you you stay, You stay. want to fight and stay here and fight, you don't go after dad, and that's fine, whatever. And Superman's like, well, we're going to have to split into groups. And he devises a way to split them all up. About that time, we have one of the uh, other Robins, the Crows, it's important to
0: mention that when they split in the groups, there's like, well, there's a fourth one, and we don't know who's going to. There's no one there for it.
2: Right. There's four places they decide they need to go to try to defeat this problem. And the fourth one they don't. Yeah, they don't mention or talk they, about.
0: They need someone with imp metal for each one of the places. They, and do. they only have three people so far.
2: Right. About hmm. well, that time, as they, they try to decide things, um, that's when the Bad Who Laugh shows up and breaks into the pocket dimension. And Detective Chimp and Nightmaster say, "Don't worry, we'll hold them off while you go." And they all flee, leaving Detective Chimp and Nightmaster to die. So effectively, they don't make it out of it. Uh, but the groups have been split up to go do their missions. So we join Superman and Flash, which I want to say the second part of the story happens in the Flash who comes out next week. And they devise a plan to try to send Superman to help save Bruce. Which we find out may not go exactly how they expect, and without giving away the entire end of this issue, I have to stop there, because otherwise it gives away the entire ending. Uh, but it is pretty detrimental to the system, and uh, as far as like a setup, what we can see from it uh, is that maybe they played right into the hands of the uh, Bahu laughs, who seems to be the ringleader of the group, if not Barbados. Mm-hmm. Um, book-wise, man, as a score, uh, I would give it a four. The art's great. It is crazy. And there's a lot of crazy town going on in here, so if you were just to pick up at issue three, uh, yeah, you'd be sort of lost. Let's say you started reading comic books at issue three of Metal. I don't know if you keep reading, simply because of how crazy it is. If the only information you had was the movies, because that was the easiest accessible thing, and you're like, I'm going to start reading at Metal number three. I would say it'd be a mistake, but book-wise, it's a really good book, and it's pretty entertaining. And like the way the characters interact is kind of awesome. Mm. I mean, it's it's definitely bleak, like in the times bleak. I mean, I've liked this crossover event series, like this one, since I, I would say maybe uh, *Forever Evil*. Uh, so yeah, I give it a four. Ross, you want to square that book?
0: I agree with you. I'd give it a four to you. Um, my favorite part was the dumb dream thing at the very start with John and Damien playing in a band. Just because I could totally see John and Damien being like, hey, let's learn how to play these. And the fact that they're playing the Batman theme song is ridiculous.
2: It's hilarious. Um,
0: but the, throughout the rest of the book, I love that they incorporate a bunch of characters that we haven't done a whole lot with recently. Or if they've been there, they've been kind of just background stuff. So you have things like Steel and Dr. Fate in there. Right. Awesome. It was very confusing to me, and I haven't read much of the metal stuff before this. But it, I still read it and still enjoyed it a lot. So, just yeah.
2: scoring there, Ross? Four, four. Oh.
0: Sorry, same as you. Four. No, no,
2: yeah, I, I lost track of what was happening. That's me, <laughs> Mr. Mike. You have any thoughts on Metal yeah. Three?
3: It's uh, well, I haven't read the the other parts. It's Insanity, right? But. I'll give it a four just for the Batman
2: theme. <laughs> That's oh, man. Uh, the art's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean it's great. You have to have a little faith in Snyder.
3: He'll, we'll pull it all together. It'll so, make sense. You know, it, it's good.
0: Mm. It's I thought it was hilarious that Damien was such a big part of this, and Scott Snyder can't write Damien.
2: Oh right, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Anyhow,
2: <laughs> I'm surprised it's not Duke Thomas. There's yeah. another rock to throw at you. <laughs> Take that guy. Mm-hmm. Rob, you have a score for that book. Um. I guess I'm
1: going to be the oddball. I'm going to give a 3.5. I, I do like what they're doing. Our work for it is fantastic, but it's just it's spinning out. It's crazy. So
2: hopefully when it brings back, it brings back, and things start falling into line a little better. Did you read the, uh, the Gotham Resistance stuff? I haven't gotten to. Okay. Uh, I think if you, were, if, if you have those pieces, it irons it out a little bit better. Yeah. The one-shots definitely have been not like the most important thing in the world, If you're reading the main story, I think you'd be okay, but the side stories like the one-shot for Red Death, the one-shot for Drowning, the one-shot for Lightbringer, they've been pretty good. I mean, they're not done by Snyder; they're done by other groups, but as far as like a setup, they've they've been pretty good. Go on. DC metal kind. Rock! I want (laughs) to rock! Rock? No, it's I'm on the only one in the room, yeah. like I even point at you to tell you what to say. Yep. yep. It's better than mine because I have the freaking Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Watch
1: <laughs> this, baby, Frank.
2: That's not. Backstreet's back. No. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely, Rob. Let's, let's move on to Legacy, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's not that. Just now at all. All right. So we're
1: gonna go ahead and do Marvel Legacy number one, written by Jason Aaron. And there's two artists for this book, so, and I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong, but Assad Ribic and Steve McNevin doing the art for this for this story. And uh, this book is the setup, basically, for what I'm pretty sure is going to be Marvel's big event book this summer, if not, like, their year of, of Marvel book. So there's a lot of setups and spoilers in this book. And so we're going to try to skip over as many of those as possible while still kind of giving you an idea of what this book is about. Right. So it's going to be difficult, so, you know. Um, A lot of this book is being told, I think, from the mindset of Odin, but he's musing on what legacy means. And it means something kind of different to each of the characters that they talk to in here. We begin back uh, 100 million years ago in the Stone Age. And we see Majorn laying on the ground of a blasted-out environment. And we have this kind of Neanderthal guy come up and try to lift it, and of course he can't.
2: Crazy caveman guy.
1: And it kind of pulls back to revealing a young Odin who talks about like his trials trying to master Majorn.
2: Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Mjolnir? Mm-hmm. Depends who
1: you're listening to. Yo is the way to go. Basically <laughs> Thor's hammer. Yes. Um, he's joined by the Phoenix, who has a physical form. And we wind up finding out that they've all that the Phoenix and Odin have formed like a team to deal with a interstellar enemy that could destroy this this earth, this universe possibly even. Um, And the people that we find is the ancient ancestor of the Black Panther, the possible first star brand, the um, early version of an Iron Fist, and probably Agamadu, the original um, Sorcerer Supreme. And we have a Ghost Rider. And a Ghost Rider, yes, who had... A Wooly Mammoth.
0: Wooly Mammoth, you
1: know, Ghost Rider. That's awesome. <laughs> which it would have been awesome to see him ride it. Unfortunately, the Mammoth was the first casualty. But the rider is still there. Yeah, but what's really important in that situation? Depends on which one's blessed with Hellfire. His, his vengeance, I think, in this case. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we're kind of led into this epic conflict with what you could probably describe as, like, the first Avengers.
2: As far as the team, I mean, it's all pieces that are like passed down style. Yeah, mm-hmm. saber Odin, which I mean, Odin and Thor—that's your closest connection there. Well, the way, I mean, the hammer. The Hammer's is. I guess a the awesome. hammer the. I guess the hammer the sentient being, which is also freaking weird. Because mm-hmm. the way they talk about the hammer, they go off for a second. The way they talk about the hammer, they talk about a story that's hype, legit. If work hard, you might as well quit. <laughs> uh, oh, oh no. If the hammer, okay, so anyway, was it the way to talk about Majorid? Or, damn it, now you got me doing that. Mew Mew, is that it's like an entity, like a living presence. So like, in my head when I read that, I'm like, hang on. So you mean that the hammer is its own, like, embodiment of a, of a, of a being? So does that mean whenever supposedly you create a Stormbringer for Better right, Bill, you just open up the pocket dimension that has I don't know, a whole herd of hammers just hanging out, doing hammer things, to hand one to better a bill. Like, here you go, guy. I mean, this is so many million years ago, I guess he just trained all the hammers to do what he wanted, like they were horses or something. No, absolutely not. I mean, we were talking the other day, and I was like, well, I guess it could be a whole lot like uh, the Harry Potter and of it. The wizard the wand chooses you. It's a stick. Either you're magical or you're not. Magic stick. You're like, well the lightsabers. The crystals are things with personality. Chris as much as rock can have. How much does a personality does a rock have? It's a freaking rock.
3: A uh, rock or a rock. No,
2: that's something totally different. Smack down the rock bottom. Just, possibly just, running uh, for president <laughs> in four years. That's entirely different. But nevertheless, apparently this is something that's been mentioned before in the Mighty Thor series, alluding to the idea that the hammer has its own presence. Which I guess if it's a magic spell that endows the freaking <laughs> hammer. Then I guess that's possible, but even then, like it, it's just hella questionable.
3: A Ghost Rider with a mammoth is possible, and you're questioning this?
2: I that has a personality in it. Yes, absolutely. Riding and a mammoth—it's an animal.
3: motorcycle with Jack Black.
2: Well, that's not even part of this. I that's, understand that. I don't think Jack Black should be around automobiles at all. Really, <laughs> let alone, alone trusted to drive them. So. Not that I don't like the guy because I think the guy's hilarious, but in all honesty do you have the keys to him at the party? No, you don't. No. For lots of reasons. Nevertheless, go on, Rob.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot of of controversy about the Hammer as far as I'm concerned as well. Where our story goes from there is to our modern era. And we're kind of catching up with a lot of these legacy versions of them, including the most current version of Ghost Rider. Now, Johnny's still out there being Ghost Rider, but the one that they really focus on for Ghost Rider right now is Robbie Reyes. Right. And Robbie has somehow gone from California to South Africa overnight in the car. And no memory of how it happened. No. Doesn't have any idea how he got there. He's as confused as the police that are trying to, like, rouse him in the morning, um, which actually leads him to take off and run across the Starbrand. Now, Starbrand is an incredibly powerful character, but we haven't seen him for a little bit. And to say that he seems a little mentally skewed is, is kind of
2: an understatement. Yeah, he's definitely on fire for whatever reason. Like, he's, whether it's correct thinking or not, yeah, hard to say
1: but it puts them directly opposed to each other. Um, from there, we catch up with Loki, who has a whole plan of stealing a, veryly, a very significant secret passage from an old shield facility. And in doing so, in typical Loki fashion, he tricks a bunch of stunted um, ice giants to go do his work for him so that he can just kind of watch from the background. Which leads to some pretty cool stuff. And it also connects to our next legacy character, which is the current Thor. Which, for people that have been out of business for a minute, is... I'm blanking on her name. Dr. Jane Foster. Jane Foster, yes. Yeah, I don't know how. I can not remember that for a moment. Fired. Go
2: on. I was going to say Natalie Portman, but... It's not she the same she doesn't thing.
1: Be Jane Foster. Princess
2: Avodala. That's true. The lady from The Professional, back when she was a small child.
1: If you did that in the films, if Natalie Portman got to be Thor, that would actually be pretty cool. That would be pretty sweet. That That would be pretty cool. It's not going to happen. But, anyhow, (laughs) uh, we catch up with her. She and Ironheart and Falcon all get in the mix to try to stop these ice giants from stealing something from this facility. Which ultimately, even though they, they think they succeed, they really fail. The end of that is so much of a spoiler we can't even talk about. No. Um, Then we find Captain America, who's also dealing now with his own legacy, because he has to answer for all the stuff that happened in Secret Empire. So, like, everything that this Hydra version of Cap did, he now has to atone. Uh, Along with that, we're, of course, brought back to seeing what's going on with the Odin son. so we can see that he's still kind of in his self-imposed exile or whatever. We also touch briefly on what's going on with Iron Man, which I think we'll probably talk about in the next book. Or the, later the Iron book. Man books, yeah. Two books from now. Yeah. In the podcast, linearly. There is also a, kind of a touching moment with the two remaining members of the Fantastic Four. Ben and Johnny. Ben and Johnny, which I thought actually was probably one of the cooler parts of the book. Because a lot of this book is legacy, legacy, legacy. And these guys are like, yeah, who cares about legacy? When the chips were down... We were always there. And they're kind of like, well, does the world need us anymore? And the thing's like, they always need us. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of a strong return for the Fantastic Four when they get around to that, if they get around to that. I think it's a setup for it. it to get
2: to it. Yeah. They are going to do a Johnny and Thing book for a minute. So Yeah, they're coming out with two in one. Thing two in one. Yeah. So it's a recall to an old title, which is basically Thing team up, but... That's but, um, a different story yeah. go on. That was awesome.
1: As, as we close out the end of this story and then start wrapping other things up, there's all sorts of Easter eggs for all of these new jump-on points, be it from the Hulk to the Avengers to what's going on in Champions to what's going on in Iron Man right now, um, with a really strong lead-up at the very end where we get a return of a character that we haven't seen in a while. And, like, the collection of powerful artifacts that are definitely going to be a big part of this new story. So, I mean, it's just, it's laden with a lot of spoilery stuff. You said champions? Yes. Yeah, the champions have been out for a minute. They brought that back? They I mean, have, but it's not the, it's not the, not not team the same. AD, it's no. not the same, no. It's not like the, ah, we don't know what to do with these guys, so just throw them on a team, champions. Know, it's like Iceman, Hercules, um... Uh, the Beast. Yeah. The mm. I- Angel. Yeah. And Black Widow as the lead. Black Widow. Oh. Don't Hulk. forget uh, Don't forget the Gargoyle. Yep, the Gargoyle. You know? Like, it used to Those be... Those were some cool stories. They were, but mm. it, it really felt like it was the grab bag. Like, you just shook up the bag and were like, who's left in here? Okay. Well, pretty much. But the, the champions that we have currently are all, like, the Avengers who didn't really fit in. So it's uh, Miles Morales... Um, Miss Marvel, Nova, Young Cyclops, um, the Totally Awesome Hulk, and Vi, which is Vision's daughter. So it's like a bunch of, it's just like the
2: young characters have their own book. It's like Teen Titans Avengers. But Miles Morales hasn't had a very
3: big impact on coming over to this universe.
2: Well, he does, but you you gotta have a Spider-Man on your team, that's how it works. There's like eight of them, so you have to have one of them. Well, there was a big fallout in.
1: Okay,
2: anyway. we're carrying this yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There was a big fallout event where the old Avengers and the young Avengers butted heads. And the old Avengers said, "Shut up and take your place." And the young Avengers were like, "No, we're young. We're going to do our own thing." Champions was made. That's the true story. Ooh. All right, and it's actually sense. it's actually good. Yeah. Like good. It is pretty good. Anyhow, I have Ramos been doing art for it, so it's great. <laughs> so Marvel Legacy. Um, High marks, actually. It makes me excited for the future for Marvel. I'd, I'd give it a... I'd give it a four. I really I really do enjoy it. Jason Aaron's is awesome. The art for the book is actually fantastic. So, a lot of the stuff that's great about it is the stuff that we can't talk about, so...
2: Right. All right. Um, well, I'm going to follow suit, Rob. I'm going to give four and a half. That is a lot of me stuttering over words that don't need to be stuttered over. I think following suit, yeah. Well, I'm we giving it high marks. Hot with high, high marks. There you go. High marks. That's. Uh, Writing is awesome. Like you said, reveals, the book is chock full of reveals. So if you think, if you guys got to read DC's Rebirth one shot, the amount of reveals in there and like, ooh, possibilities, this book has more. Uh, as far as implications, it's like the same idea, savor Marvel flavored, and full of other like paths that could be freaking awesome. So, like, it's a set book, great. Reveal book, also great. Art's fantastic in it. So, yeah, if you, if you missed out on it, then you failed, because it, it's great. Anyway. We can only hope the execution's as good as Rebirth. You shut your mouth. I, I'm hoping. Yeah. Ross, you got a score for that book?
0: Uh, I'd probably give it a three and a half out of five. Like you said, it, it seemed a whole lot like Rebirth to me. Um, a lot of really cool things in there. I'm sad about the mammoth, that you don't even get a seed <sighs>
1: in It is a It's yeah. a loss. The flame mammoth would be awesome, but I think they probably did that so it didn't dwarf the rest of the book. Probably, because it would be the coolest thing ever. Mm. Anyhow, but there were other it's cool things terrible. Man, <laughs> burning <away>. hair everywhere. <laughs> it's got the uh, pinnacle stench,
2: okay? That's a bad thing to have. <laughs> you smell it and you feel all your sins. <laughs> well, if you ever smelled burning <laughs> hair, then you're right. Especially if it's your own. It's terrible. Mr. Mikey, anything about that book?
3: I can't get past the hammer thing, man. It's
2: understandable. <laughs> no. um, it, is, it is a hard I, thing
3: to take. Look, um, just there's some really cool stuff in there, and having a couple members of the Fantastic Four is always good. So that it gets it a four right there.
2: All right, nice four for four. That's what I, know, I like. People say, and just
3: what I just saw. I'll check watch. Can't talk about. Yeah. but that's cool.
2: Yeah,
1: I. People say that they don't. But they think Fantastic Four is terrible, and there's a lot of people who, who rep rap on the thing. But the thing is like one of my favorite Marvel characters, and it's not because his powers are great; it's because he's such a great character. Mm-hmm. Like he's just he's been through all the garbage to be a real hero. I oh, I digress.
2: Well, I think that
1: they all just they're all when they interact
3: together.
2: Yeah,
3: and they are a family, but it's just. I've always loved the Fantastic Four, and they've just never done like in the... As far as movies go, they've never done it justice.
2: No. Yeah, I'll give you that for, for the movie sake of things. And I still have not seen the last one. I avoid it. Well, you're I you're better off. I won't. I, I'm, not, I'm still not a fan of Reed Richards, necessarily. And I don't know if that's... Unless there's like a million of them, because that storyline that Hickman was writing where they found a planet of reeds, and they're all like doing crazy science, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. So if there's like a pile of reeds, then I'm like, that's great. If it's just one, I'm like, yeah, no. Absolutely not.
0: Well, that, Rick and Morty took that from her.
2: Yeah, they did. Awesome. Silly Rick and Morty. <laughs> Funny stuff. All right, so let's move on to the, uh, the Gotham City Garage. Uh, this is uh, DC Comics again. And if they were still doing Elseworlds run, I think this would be a fantastic Elseworlds book. Absolutely. Uh, Book-wise, so... we we've it got starts
3: off with a... Wow. Oh yeah, it's
2: it's, dark. it's it, yeah, it is for it's sure.
3: Really dark,
2: which is freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> so uh, story wise, we got Colin Kelly, uh, or yeah, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, and then the art is uh, Brian Ching. Uh, as far as the art, as far as art, like okay, I like it. Um, Style wise, I mean, it's a little simpler than other things, but I, I like it because when it gets to the technical stuff, like the robots and the bat armor robots look awesome. So yeah, I dig it. As far as book opening, yeah, like, where we start, yeah, it's pretty dark. I mean, we basically have what looks to be a platoon of bat police um, executing a family?
3: Execution style.
2: Yeah, like, full-on on-your-knees execution style, um, out in the middle of what looks to be like a farm. Mm. Um, (laughs) uh, And that jumps to show us what is the city underneath a dome. Uh, They call it the Garden, and it's the last city remaining on Earth... Um, Lutherized in 35 years ago. So, whatever's happened to the earth that's turned into this desert wasteland apparently happened 35 years ago, and this particular city was saved by Alex Luther, I guess. I mean, as far as setup, we don't have a whole lot of backstory for the earth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we jump from there, uh, seeing the city, uh, into a workplace where we have a whole bunch of folks working at computers and they're all talking about the new big update that everybody's going to get. Oh, the great upgrade and how awesome it'll be. And as they talk to each other, they say stuff like, Luther loves you and praise Luther. And it's very, like, culty and odd.
3: It's like they've been microchipped.
2: Which is exactly well, so what it is, yeah. yeah. So we wind up finding out that it seems like everyone who lives in the Dome has been microchipped to act happy and love Lex Luthor. Um, our main character, who, uh, is one of the people that works at said facility, she realizes that she doesn't always feel the same way as everyone else, which is odd, because if you don't feel the same way, at least you have being executed outside your house in the farm. So she heads home, uh, we want to find out this is Kara, and, uh, on the way home, she winds up encountering a back to the Bat Police, who are getting ready to take out a, a boy in a neighborhood, or, like, an alleyway or whatever, and he is, uh, glitching. So, like, his words aren't coming out right. He's, he's His computer chips are having problems. Malfunctioning. He's malfunctioning. And she recognizes it right away. And she tells the Bat, the bat drones that she'll fix him. She'll just reset his, his chips. And she does this crazy thing with his, with his eyes and resets him. And off he runs. Lex loves you. But this has made the Bat drones pay attention to Kara. Who, in theory, if she was acting correctly, would have never stopped them at all. So Carrie heads the rest of the way home. When uh, She gets home she finds Dad, who we find out is Jim Gordon, and Jim is having trouble talking also. Not quite the same as the boy, but his sentences are fragmented and broken. And like the stuff he says, like if you're a fan of the DC Universe and know DC characters, things he's saying are key things to us, but if you don't know that kind of stuff and you're not familiar with Kryptonians or the Bat lineage, then some of the stuff he says wouldn't make any sense at all. And as it's going on, like he's bleeding out of one of his eyes, and she's like, oh, I'll just reset you and fix you. He's like, no, no, your history isn't true. You have to get to the sun. They're coming.
3: Tells her to run.
2: About that time, uh, we have Batman smash in the window and uh, start blowing the place up. And, of course, she runs, because it's terrifying. That leads to her being chased uh, by other Bat drones. Not necessarily Batman, but other Bat police. And like, the way they look is like Robocop with a, ro- with a Batman head. Mm-hmm. Um, so as she's running, she's like, ah, the only thing I understood the dad said was get to the sun, but that doesn't make any sense, I have to break the dome to get out of this, I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. So she climbs the top of one of the buildings, and activates a couple of the, like, robot drone things, not the bat drones, but like, robot sentries, and has them break the roof, and then, as she's being chased by the bats, she jumps out of it. And when she jumps out of it, she realizes something that's super crazy which I think we should save as like a catch point, because it tells you who she is if you don't already know by the name. Right. Um, of course, that leads to her being fired on by uh, more bat police and crashing into the desert, uh, whereupon she's rescued by four chicks on bikes. And we have uh, Silver Banshee, Big Barda, Harley Quinn, and Catwoman all show up on crazy chopper motorcycles, in the desert and start whooping these batmen. And they do a pretty good job of it. And not all of them are using like silver bands we don't really see use her powers, but I mean knowing her powers in general is a hard thing depending on what books you read. Uh, but anyway, so the girls basically take taking, taking apart the bats and Kara takes in suit helping them and she does pretty good for herself. That leads to the girls telling them, Well come with us, we're gonna take you we're gonna take you to the Gotham Gotham City Garage And so they load her up on the bikes and ride off with her. And they're not really sure if they should trust her or not, but, again, the Bats were trying to kill her in the desert. So, anyway, they get back to the garage, and we wind up meeting uh, Natasha Irons, which, if you're familiar with Superman lineage, um, you should know is Steel, uh, the other Superman's daughter. And she, uh, of course, meets the girls at gunpoint and doesn't want the new girl to come in and expects the girls to explain why they bring her, because she works for Luthor. She must be a spy. And so we go over that for a little bit, and she explains to her how she doesn't know any of this is true, she doesn't understand what's going on, things are crazy, and so Natasha tells her she can stay for the night, and then she's got to go in the morning, and then that's it. So while she's there, we might have seeing this room full of, like, refugee types, like, very Mad Maxi, but like a saloon kind of thing going on, and we have relics from the past, like a, a missile that has Superman's logo on it, um, probably something that was built by Lex, most likely. A bunch of old su- other souvenirs with different logos and things, and... Then a bunch of, like, ruffian bartend bar guys, and the girls. Of course, that leads Kara to making a decision about what she should do with her jacket, which is also very revealing, so I'm going to keep that a secret. And then, like, the last catch in here is, like, the most brutal. So I think we're going to spoil that piece, because it doesn't really ruin the rest of the story, I don't think. But it tells you just exactly how dire this is. So we go from the girls having their drink at the bar, and Kara trying to decide where she fits in the world to what looks to be the inside of a LexCorp mansion, or LexCorp in general. And uh, we have the uh, Bat officers dragging Jim Gordon into a room to present him to Batman. Which, if you know Batman, you know this doesn't make any damn sense. And Batman starts questioning Jim about the girl, and why she wasn't chipped, and if Barbara's chipped. And Jim answers him, yeah, Barbara's chipped. And so Bats tells him, well, that's good, because I only have to kill one Gordon tonight, night. And, uh, he basically takes Jim's head and turns it around. Like, all the way around. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we leave it. So, well, that's, like, the end of the book, but the catches in the middle are what sells what the rest of the story is. However, if you thought it was bleak at the beginning with the execution of the family at the farm, yeah, Batman just re- rearranged Jim Gordon's head. How screwed up so is the that? The
3: beginning and the end of the book, or...
2: Both super yeah, dark. Yeah. Um, now, like, like I said, Elseworlds books, I really wish they had just a regular series for Elseworlds again. This thing could easily fit in that. As far as a series, I don't see it lasting forever because it's, I mean, it's obviously a get outside the normal universe. But the first issue is freaking great. And for being from, like, a weird concept to get where we are, awesome. Um, score-wise, I give it a three and a half. It was fun to read. Uh, the designs of the characters are all fun. Uh, it's a world that's bleak, like that whole thing with Gordon and Bats. Oh my god, crazy. Uh, terrifying. I mean, a Batman that's working for Lex or part of Lex's program and like seems to be the main feature of it is freaking crazy. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, so yeah, I give it three and a half. Uh, both covers were awesome. One cover is Harley on her hog, and the other cover is uh, Wonder Woman on her hog. Hogs being cycles. in case you were confused. Oh, I wasn't going to ask. Ross, you want to score that book?
0: Uh, I'd probably give it a three. I like that DC is all about doing this uh, like series based off their collectibles that are kind of different ideas. Uh, as far as a book, totally not what I expected either, as far as how brutal it gets and what the kind of book it is in general. Uh, art's good for it, and the story's pretty good. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Mr. Mike? You handed me
3: that, I looked, and it's like, oh, my God, and she opened it up, and it's like, well, hang on. <laughs> that's very misleading. The title's got to go.
2: Well. The,
3: but it, it, like you said, it's it's nuts. It's very dark. I liked it. The art was fine.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, they didn't overdo it with a certain character, like they like to do, as I recall. Yeah,
2: that's true.
3: They usually... They usually you know.
2: It's a little more out of control, usually.
3: Yeah, but uh, it was a very good book.
1: I'd give it a 3.5. a half. Mr. Uh, Rob. I'd actually follow suit. I'd give it a 3.5 as well. Even reading this in the previews, I didn't expect much. And honestly, you know, when it's based on a collectible, like Ross was saying, a lot of times that doesn't necessarily build the best stories. But Bombshells was a good surprise, and so was Gotham City Garage. I, I didn't expect it to be this way, so I don't know. I'm, I'm relatively impressed with it, actually. So it's actually a really, really worthwhile read. So mm-hmm.
2: cool. If you well, can uh, handle
1: the dark stuff,
2: yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. As long as you you can put up with a little bit of darkness in your stories. I mean, obviously, the main focus of this isn't going to be isn't going to be Bruce. If nothing else, he's going to be a problem, whether that's by choice or not. I and mean, who knows? I mean, again, like like Ross mentioned. Like, this whole storyline comes from a batch of statues that got made. And I would continue
0: Oh,
2: yeah, me too. I dig it. I think, it's, I think it's awesome.
0: So my question is, do we really think that's Bruce?
2: You know, I don't know. From everything we've seen and the way he talks to Jim, yes. Could it be somebody else? I mean, I guess. Yeah. But I, I think unlikely. I mean, Lex is too much of a... Lex running around as Superman with a with no mask, okay. But the idea of him strapping on a bat cowl, unlikely.
0: Yeah, um, yeah I guess that's true. His ego wouldn't allow it.
3: Yeah, that's
2: what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But whether it's Bruce, that's actually Bruce, or if it's Bruce that got chipped first by Lex, who knows? I mean, at yeah. this point in the current continuity, Bruce and when Lex knows who Batman is, he knows it's Bruce mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, not that this fits to that at all, but at the same time, you know. If you're going to go for your worst possible enemy, Batman's pretty high up there. Yeah. Because he gets stuffed on.
3: Yep.
2: Like punching Justice's nose in the face. Punching crime in the nose. Yes, <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Because it has a big nose. Heck yeah. <laughs> Freaking awesome. Um, all right. Uh, so, let's see. Moving on to slots. Is that what the... Slots, yeah. slots, 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 slot, slot. everybody. Now it's a different song about drinks. Well, Ross is shaking his head like he doesn't like rap. Sh- That's shots, not slots. It's uh, not, not the rap. That's the problem. Gotcha. Uh, Damn it, Ross. <laughs> Damn it. That was, uh, that, was under, band again? that was underhanded. Jack in the jet Streams. Jack. <laughs> it doesn't sound
0: like a rap band to me. Oh. No. Wow. Rap metal. Eventually they cross over.
1: <laughs> That's what I like. I'm pretty sure it's like a combination of Screamo and Wino.
2: <laughs> <laughs> both, both drinking and just barking.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jack's a dog, in case you don't know that. Oh. The, for the rest of the audience. I mean, yeah.
1: That may be not involved in this. Well, don't have any idea what he we're talking is, about.
3: Oh, he comes up a lot. He does. he's probably the unofficial mascot of the show.
2: If we just get him to wear a cape. That's all he needs so to do. I'm a Batman suit. That, well, I have uh, pictures. That's him. true. But not begrudgingly. My dad loves to yeah, wear a Superman cape.
3: He did not mind it at all. See? He runs around there. Yeah, you probably let him eat the cat
2: litter more. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's a... That's not a great incentive. Mostly because it's a lot for you to clean up afterwards. And, uh... I I did it to the
3: South Park kids.
2: <laughs> it's terrible. All right, Rod you want to start a story about slots? Sure. Okay.
1: Uh, so this is actually a Skybound book from Image, but it's being it's, it's created, written, and the art is all being done by Dan Panosian. I'd be lucky to say that more than once without messing that up. <laughs> so when we start the book up, we are catching up with our main character here, which is Stanley Dancer. And unbeknownst to us, Stanley is a retired boxer that more than likely, was not on the up-and-up. But Stanley's come to grips with the idea that he's an asshole. And that he's going to burn up all of his luck. And as an asshole, he knows that he burns the people that are around him, including his friends, including his family, to the last cinder. And so as we begin this book, he's he's basically going to dine a dash at a, at a diner after he makes all this uh, communication with, like, the waitress and stuff. He's well, he he sitting his... on
2: her. And
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean... He winds up leaving the keys. Up, too. Oh, yeah, she oh, knows. Knows. Yeah. But she, he leaves the keys on the table, right, as he goes outside to take the call, and the cook in the back's like, Will you pay? She's like, Oh, no, don't worry about it. He's got... He left his keys. And he just takes off in his car with his other set of keys. What we find out pretty quickly after that point is that he's had several sets of keys made. And these keys were his they were his luck. And when those keys were out he's gonna go to and if you ever drove into Las Vegas you may have passed this road. Z Z Y Z X. Oh yeah. And find where he stashed his gun because yes, he's gonna end the, yeah those he, keys were his countdown clock
2: yeah mm-hmm. so he had it it wasn't that he made copies of his keys he had a collection of keys they're all kept in his dash for this exact reason to die in dash and when they run out when he runs out he was done because he yeah, had to keep one final promise mm.
1: but his uh, his last moment before he he ends things he gets a message and somebody calling in a debt calling in a chip and so he decides like He's got to go back to Vegas to to finish this call in. And as we get in there, we start learning about kind of the CD life that he had and all the connections that he's had in Vegas. Help out um, one of his friends who owns kind of a, a CD dive called the the Piggy Bank Theater.
2: Yeah, the Piggy Bank Theater. The, the front of fun the message you got was from the lady that owns it, and that she's having problems keeping her. Uh... Her number one star, burlesque dancer, from leaving the club to go work somewhere else. She's asking him for help to help save the club, money-wise and deal-wise, and to try to take care of the other guy who's trying to poach her talent, which is the burlesque dancer. And in the process of that, we want to find out the burlesque dancer just happens to be her daughter, which is also fairly questionable because she's clearly not happy with mom adding extra dates to her appearance contract.
1: Yeah, this leads him to getting with his old trainer to try to line something up. And, of course, the old trainer's like, nobody's going to take you anymore. Nobody wants an old, you know, old, broke-down bum like you. You're too old to get in the ring. We don't even know if we can get you licensed anymore. And so he starts shopping him around in the MMA circuit. And he kind of explains, like, oh, these MMA guys, like, they got to focus on too many skills. So they're not really good at any, they're good at, like, one, maybe, and the rest they're not very good
2: at well, yeah, and they, what he's talking about, is what he's really trying to set up is a, a fight with an MMA fighter that's not a striker. So that they take him into a boxing match, not a cage match. He has to fight like a boxer. And if anybody re- recently, within the last, like, seven months, saw the Meriwether and... What's that guy's name? The Connor? Irish fighter. Yeah, the Meriwether and Connor fight. Well, you know that if you're fighting in a boxing ring and you're an MMA fighter, the rules are different. And it doesn't matter how quick you are in MMA, if you're not allowed to hit dudes in the back of the heads or hit the side of their heads because of rules, you lose. McGregor. Not that that was a stab because I'm afraid of the guy. I mean, he'd probably tear me apart. It's not like anything like that. But ultimately, it's that's what you're trying to do. It's
1: just different. It's they're so different. different. Completely, yeah. different
2: completely different it's, things. It's a different sport. So sure. then trying to find an MMA target is to find a guy who's not a good striker that way he has a chance to box him. And then set something up. And of course that leads to the next piece. Yeah.
1: Which is ultimately, like, he's probably going to get the fight. But while he's there, he runs across this promising young boxer, and he's kind of like, oh, he's got a nice hook. And when he turns back, he realizes that it's his son. Lucky. Like, he pretty much turns around and knocks his ass to the ground. And we kind of like, roll out of the end of the issue with uh, him kind of realizing, like, his kid might be a big factor in this story, too. But uh, it's actually a pretty enjoyable read. It feels like this is written to be like a cinematic kind of experience. I actually I enjoy the artwork that they got for it. Yeah, um, it's it's really written good. well. It
3: is. It's just it's got a nice flow to it.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, it feels like, if, if this was going to be a six-part, which I'm not sure how big it is, but it feels like a film script. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just, in comics, different. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes in comics, that doesn't work. This one, I feel like kind of does. So, um, honestly, I'd probably give it. I give it a four. I actually really thought it was
2: it was very good. Well, right yeah, I, I I would second that. As far as like a setup for a book, like it's interesting, like the way he places things in the world. The whole reveal of that road, leading from San Diego, or from not San Diego, from from California to Vegas. You pass that road if you've ever been out there. So between the two points, it's like gives you a real point in, in time to tell you where he was before. So he went from California, got stopped, and had to go all the way to Vegas. And it's interesting the way they line the rest of that up. So I, yeah, like setup wise, I, I dig the art. It's got a really cool style to it. Um, I dig the way he does certain things. Like when he talks about throwing the salt over his shoulder, like the way it, it shows it is very movie like. So I, I feel what you're saying with that. Um, yeah, I give it a four also. It's it definitely a fun read. I'm interested to see the next story, like how they're going to try to tie the kids together. And we've got an interesting tattoo we see on the back of the sun, what that's going to mean, or if it means anything. Uh, interesting, because they make a big deal of showing it to us. So, but yeah, it, it, as far as being a, a bum out on his luck, I mean, he, he's kind of a jerk. But at the same time, obviously his lady trusts him enough to call him for help. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but yeah, it's kind of got a movie feel to it, which is really I think is cool. Uh, Ross, uh, score for this book?
0: I'd give it a three. The art was awesome, and it definitely did have a movie type feel to it.
2: Sweet. Is yeah. Mike? I
3: liked it. Was just different. It's a dip, different than anything else I, You know, sitting out here. Right. It's not superheroes. It's not. You know. Demons or any of that. I mean, it's just life. Right. And uh, the main character is a guy who has nothing to lose. Right. He's already, he's been done. So what's he care? Right. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what he gets himself into. i give it a a three and a half, solid three and a half. artwork's good. story flow is really nice.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm super interested in seeing the rest of it. It's definitely interesting, uh... Interesting setup. And, like, whatever his plan is, it'll be interesting to see what that runs up really being. Or if it's really would, a plan at all.
3: He appears to be one hell of a con man. Oh, yeah.
2: For he's, sure. He's gotten this far. Well, like, his the whole thing with the lady at the diner, he had no idea what he was doing.
3: A glove box full of he, keys. Brilliant.
2: Yeah. Brilliant. I never thought
3: of that. No. All right.
2: Ross has already got it done. Well, it's because he's <laughs> separating his keys on his key ring, which I wondered what he was doing at the first. But now I understand. Now he's out to battle, Jejo. Alright, Alright, uh, so let's move on to Iron Man, number 593. So for those of you who don't know, this is the legacy numbering, this is the new number one starting point. Uh, it's got an awesome cover, I mean the normal cover is basically Iron Man smashing open gravestone for Tony Stark, so it's freaking awesome. Um, cover is great. If I remember
1: right, that is actually a, like a homage cover too? I think they've actually had that covered before with
2: Iron Man coming out of his own brain. I don't remember that, but it's very possible they're doing a whole lot of those right now. I, I, yeah. Uh, so this is used written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, the artist on, on it is Stefano Caselli and Alex um, Maliv. Uh Beautiful art. I mean, the book flows really well. The coloring is great in it too. I mean, Malieve has got a credit for coloring as well. So it's yeah, it's good stuff. Um, but we open up the book, and it's very... The very beginning of it, we start with Tony still in the coma, still in the, like, cryo machine. And yeah,
1: it's, it's whatever they put him in after the second Civil War. Um, it's It's not keeping him alive, because he's alive, it's just he's non-responsive. His brain works, he's breathing, his heart works, but...
2: There's no Tony. just in a weird coma and can't seem to wake up.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, we're greeted by uh, one of the AIs, the current AI that's been running his... Uh, Friday. Well, Friday, the girl AI who's basically all pink. And she gives us a very like long dissertation kind of thing of what's been going on. So it's very ketchup-y, which, I mean, is good. Um, but the page right before that, we see somebody in there looking at Tony in the uh, in the case... And all we really see is their hand, and there's no explanation of who it is. It almost seems like Friday's talking to who they are. But who they are? No reveal. At least not yet. Uh, Anyway, we want to find out that we're in the process of doing a Stark Expo, and this is the event that Tony puts on that we see in movie two. Um, It's basically like a World's Fair kind of thing. And it's his mother, the second mother, which is from a newer batch of stories as well, um, and she's on stage telling everybody, Oh, we're going to have a great expo. And even though everyone knows that Tony is currently unreachable, we're hoping one of you has a technology that will help save him. And if you do, you're the ones that win. You win the expo. And she kind of breaks down for a second. And like, we see MJ off in the back. And she's like, Oh, no, hold together. Hold together. Don't lose it. And she kind of comes back and tells the crowd how she was really hoping that Tony would show up today, just out of nowhere. But unfortunately, she, he can't, so they have Ironheart, and in flies Riri Wilson, and she's you know, in an Ironheart uniform and basically takes the place of Iron Man doing press stuff and like showing off the new suit. And that leads us to uh, the backstage where Mary Jane is run into by a, uh, a businessman who uh, starts out by asking her if she remembers who he is. And, initially, she's like, um, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't recall. And he's like, well, as a chairman, you think you'd remember that? And, uh, she realizes that he's, uh, part of the, uh, x Rocks group, and, uh, one of the members of the board for Iron Man's company, and then she remembers why she didn't call him, because he's a jerk. And he talks down to her a little bit about how she's a model, and, wow, I'm surprised you guys managed to pull this off, a rock star and an X-model, like, how'd you guys get this together in the first place? And he informs her that the board has voted Tony out of power because he's unconscious, and they will no longer be needing Miss Mary Jane Watson or Tony's mom as part of the company. Uh, we pretty quickly cut from there to uh, Riker's Island. And uh, Riker's Island, of course, is the is Alcatraz. Um, if you don't know what that is, I'm surprised, because you should. Uh, but what we find out is there's been a breakout of Alcatraz, much like the last time The Rock was broken out of. And uh, it turns out that Iron Man, Dr. Doom Iron Man, the infamous Iron Man, has been delivering villains to Riker's Island for, I do the past few months of him running around as Iron Man. And since S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer a thing, the criminals on Riker's Island just broke out, because who's going to catch them? Uh, so that leads to the police who are trying to investigate what's happened and try to figure out exactly why it happened or how these criminals broke out and how what was going on. And of course, Doom shows up again to question himself, which leads to an odd thing happening with all the guys there: the 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 sheriff, the detective, uh, the FBI inquisitor, all start hugging each other like kind of uncontrollably, as if they're being manipulated, which is super weird. And I'm not current on Invincible Iron Man, or no, not Invincible. Infamous infamous Iron Man. So I don't know if that's a thing connected to him or what that is. I'm
1: relatively sure it's a spell that he pulled.
2: But it's very bizarre. Anyway, we also find out that the Thing is on the island as well. And of course, the Thing's not happy seeing Doom at all because, well, he's Doom. And he doesn't like that Doom's trying to be a good guy. And doesn't think Doom deserves to be forgiven for all the evil things he's done. And it makes Doom very aware that he will not forgive him. And so Doom tells him, well, what I need is a list of people that escaped so I can go after them again. Because they're going to come after me, and that definitely makes my life in danger. And the thing basically tells him, well, if you want to, he's basically telling him that if you want to slug it out, we can. And uh, that leaves with Dr. Doom basically leaving, teleporting himself away. And the thing is surprised because that's not the expected response he expected. He expected to go to blows with him, and that didn't happen. And about that time, we see the guys in the back stop hugging each other, and they're like, um, are you okay? You're right. Yeah, um that was weird. Then we move forward back to the uh the girls and we wind up finding out that at the end of the expo, Mary Jane got a text from Friday that something's happened at the containment facility where Tony is. So both Mom, Tony and Friday and Riri are all there and they see that there's no longer a Tony inside the cryo chamber Tony was in. And none of them know how he got out, including Friday who is the sentient robot there to watch, much like Jarvis. Um, and so MJ's freaking out, telling me to call the FBI. Someone's kidnapped him. And she continues on that path pretty much the entire time. Um, and then the... Friday makes mention of somebody has turned off the... Uh, tracker that they basically had in Tony, and now it's turned back on. And we have Riri make this weird oh-no face, because I think she's the one that disabled it. Anyhow... If so, it's often another another book. Friday lets them know that she's she's already reached the Avengers and let the Avengers know he's missing, and makes it very clear that it's possible Tony doesn't want to be found. If he has woke up and doesn't want to be found, then that might be why they can't find him. Of course, the girls can't understand that, at leads to a lot of conversation between the group. Um, and we cut away to elsewhere, where we see somebody come walking out of what looks like a shower, but like a medical shower. And they are rough shape. Oh my gosh, rough shape. Burn skin, hairless, and they come crawling towards what looks to be an Iron Man suit. Um, we will leave there to that because there's another reveal right after that. Um, there's a couple other reveals in the middle too that we don't totally know the answers to yet. Simply because it's so early in the story. I think this is issue one, people, come on. Um, anyhow, Brian Michael Bendis, good writer. Uh, Great storyteller. I think the guy's awesome. All the stuff he did with Miles Morales is great. Um, story-wise, i have to give it a three. Uh, as far as Iron Man stories, I'm glad we're getting back to some Tony stories, like you said earlier. I don't mind Iron Heart. Would she stand around with her own book? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, Squirrel Girl is still going, somehow. Um, so I guess there's that. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, it's still going somehow. Again, I don't understand that. So hey would Ironheart work? Yeah. I'm gonna say more likely I mean she's got an Iron Man suit, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so yeah, I give it a three. Uh Ross, what do you know about the Iron Man? Uh, he's Iron and he's that's, a man. That's a good answer.
0: There's a sweet Black Sabbath song about him. That's what I was
2: looking for, yeah. <laughs>
0: um You Wanna Rock?
2: Yes. <laughs> Throwing up the horns the whole time.
0: That's what I like. Book's pretty awesome. Um I like the whole thing with Dr. Doom and The Thing in the middle of it. I like that we've been getting a lot more of The Thing recently, just in general. Right. Um, yeah, a pretty good book. I'd probably give it a three.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually really like the conversation that Doom and The Thing have. hmm But, you know, no no matter what you do, no matter how, you know, that inner child wants to be a hero now, it's too late. And you made all these choices, and now you have to live with them. I... I thought that was awesome.
3: Mm-hmm. They, they do have quite a history.
1: Yeah.
3: I yeah. mean, at ba- I mean he. Yeah. They've gone to blows so many times.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Over nothing. So yeah,
1: yeah, that that makes it cool right there. Yeah. They've actually had him show up quite a few times now in the uh, Sinister Iron Man or infamous Iron infamous Man, infamous Iron Man.
2: Yeah. At least for three issues, uh, yeah. Kind of together. He's
1: shown quite a bit. It feels like. But maybe it's just those were the issues I paid the most attention to because the thing, isn't it? Maybe.
2: Uh, Rob, you want to square the book?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I I actually I I enjoyed this one quite a bit. It's um, it doesn't feel kind of just like the same old thing for, for Iron Man. So I give it I give it a three five. Uh, I'm excited to see where we go from here. So. Right Well,
2: uh, Mr. Mike.
3: Well. With a thing in Doom, you know what I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say.
2: Is it a four because he's part of the Fantastic Four? It's a
3: three. Okay. Because I'm not, you know, (laughs) I'm not up on Iron Man, what's going on with him really too much, so I've lost.
2: Yeah, the the beginning of it definitely picks up from what was going on during Secret Empire. and Him being in a coma, I mean, that's the only part you really need to know. So if you're new to the system, this is a good place to start. I mean, yeah, there's mention of it in other books, but...
3: But it's nice to see they still have that sense of history.
2: Right. Well, like, all the all the other parts with Mary Jane being an assistant and Riri being in the suit, like, all that stuff comes from the previous series. And then the, even farther back than that, the series prior to him being in the coma with um, Mary Jane. So, like, it, it definitely is leading from the other stuff. So, like, them being there, yeah, it definitely is that being confusing, because what's Mary Jane Watson doing hanging out with Iron Man? That makes no sense. But it happened in about... Like, I don't know. Two years ago, maybe. It's been a minute. In a batch of Iron Man books, not if that helps anybody because you know it doesn't. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> Iron Ways, and Iron Cause Stand. No, that's not a different song. That's not how Iron Ways, Iron Laws. That's not a real song, is it? Know, Irish Ways and Irish Laws stand up for the cause and jump around. Jump around, jump up, jump. Up, and get down. Jump, jump, Ross, Everybody jump. No, okay. Don't jump because it'll make the recording terrible. Whatever. Okay, so <laughs> let's uh, which is cheese? Too miss songs. Yeah, this time been a lot of them. Too yeah,
0: It's funny. This is the the Steve song. <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> Steve song
2: episode. Oh my gosh. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, so let's go and run that interview. Uh, again, this is from uh, the Colorado Springs Comic Con. Uh, this last year. Uh, and this is with Ash Maxco. Uh, Ross, go and roll that. Uh. Interview there, Ross. All right, this is Steve, Top by Comics Podcast, here at the Colorado Springs Comic Con 2017, and I'm here with Ash Masco of Scoriers, which is an awesome book, by the way, super fun.
4: Thank you very much. Appreciate you saying that. So, as far as like books and writing and whatnot, man, like when did you decide to start doing this? Uh, well, writing comics in general, I've literally done my whole life. I make first and second grade. I was making comic books before I'd even owned a comic book for Marvel or anything. I was making my own. Uh, I was making games and comics and writing books, literally since my whole life. That's all I wanted to do. So it, awesome. it was kind of just a long journey to finally get to, you know doing score years, but there was. It didn't just come out out of nowhere. You know, I've been working on that stuff for a long time. Well, that's
2: awesome. As far as like writer, I mean, other people you follow, people you look up to, like industry-wise, or is uh,
4: just yeah, certainly. Like you know, uh, as a teen, when I kind of got a little more into actually writing and then reading other comics, you know, I, I was a big fan of like James o'barr and Joseph Michael Linsner. You know, I like Dawn stuff. I like The Crow. Uh, I like some just, you know, I, I read some amazing Spider-Man when Mark Bagley was drawing it and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, I like anybody else, I had tons of comic books I used for reference, but I was always more interested in making my own characters, my own story arcs, and things. So I kind of like used that as like jumping off points. You're looking at other books and things.
2: That's cool. That's awesome, man. And like book wise, the start out as a Kickstarter, didn't it? Uh,
4: yeah. Well, we came up with the the concept, and really we we made the poster, which is just kind of like that that intro cover that we did for Squares Number no. One, and we'd done that before we had even created any story arcs or character names or anything and we just posted that on Facebook you know because we just wanted we, we knew we wanted to do something with with the title with with the image but we didn't know what yet uh, and then we started getting publishers us through like through Facebook it was like okay it looks like maybe we could do this right now you know so we talked to a few publishers, we got something set up with Devil's yeah. Due before there was even a comic yet. You know, we were, we were just kind of going.
0: that's
3: awesome. So,
4: this, so the plan with them was to kickstart it, you know, because it was going to be something totally new. So that was our, our first, our intro to everything in comics really was that. So, and now we've done probably like four, I think four different kickstarters at this point.
2: Yeah, that's freaking awesome. As far as like setup, I was gonna ask how you landed with Devils Do, but that explains that.
4: Oh uh, yeah, that, that's how we met with them. Uh, they messaged us through Facebook uh, when they saw the, the the poster, and then like a couple weeks later, we did some like little local show by us, and uh, we were just selling prints, you know, like the little eleven by seventeen print. And Devils Do was there, and they came by and stopped by us, and they were like, "Hey, you're teasing us with this poster, man. When's the comic coming out?" and uh, then we met him again at like T2E2, like a couple months later, and we just kind of made it official. We're like, all right, let's let's make a comic. Let's let's get it out. Let's see what we can do with it. So,
2: that's freaking awesome, man. So, like, book wise, if you want to get hold of your
4: stuff, what's the best way to do it? Uh, well, com will link you to everything. That's all of our books. Uh, that'll link you even to like Devil's Due site, to Comicsology, to pretty much any place you can get the comic. Uh, and it can be bought you know through diamonds, so any any comic store carries store uh, you know. Well no our store does, so Okay, well then there you go. You understand how that works. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, right. So what's your go to karaoke song?
4: Go to karaoke song is Everything's Zen by Bush.
2: It's a good choice. I like that. Alright, so if you're stranded on a deserted island okay. and you only take five mm-hmm. items with you, okay. items can also be people. Mm-hmm. Okay, items can be people. Mm-hmm. What would you take? Five
4: items. And- and we said that like a helicopter does count. We okay, well we'll put that on there. If it doesn't, uh, man, I, I, are we assuming like food and all the necessities are covered?
2: I'm gonna say like island-wise. I mean, there's there's plants and trees,
4: so coconuts, it's just like things to kind of entertain yourself and survive with, right? God, uh, you know, I probably as silly as this is gonna sound, probably like my guitar. So I have like an acoustic guitar to like make some music on. You know, I bring Ashley with. You know, I wouldn't want to be totally alone. So that's two. I'd have to bring my dog. So that's Fable. That's three. Um, we're gonna assume that there's food and stuff. So with the last two, like I said, I, I take the helicopter. You know, just in case. And then for the last one, and the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. That's the last one. <laughs> awesome. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good choice. I, I like the. I like the helicopters. anybody know Do you know how to fly a helicopter? Uh, I mean, it's like we're on the island, but we have plenty of time to figure it
2: out and test it. A very good point. Okay, it's so the last one. Right. If you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony? If
4: I lived in Fantasyland, would I ride a chocolate pony? No. Chocolate. It's messy, right? Well, chocolate ponies are meant to just live their own life, do their own thing. You know, they don't need people. You know, trying to wrangle them or ride on them. They, they have their own. I wouldn't want them to ride me. So I'm gonna say we <laughs> just live in harmony.
2: Live free, right? Yes. yes. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking time to talk
4: with us, man. For sure. Thanks for having me.
2: <laughs> right on. That was a fun show. Uh, I want to thank Ash for taking the time to talk with us about uh, him and Ashley's book. Uh, the two of them get around to f- quite a few shows, so just pay attention if you get a chance to meet them. They're both awesome people. All right. So uh, let's see, uh, Ross. What'd you learn today, Ross?
0: Learned that flaming mammoths are a hard thing to keep
2: alive. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. true. Uh, according to Legacy, it, it, they get one page. <laughs> Sad day. Uh, all right, Rob, what did you learn today? Uh, we didn't get to talk about this
1: very much, but evidently, the insides of an ice giant is just as good as any cooler. <laughs> It'll keep your beer nice and cold. That's,
2: that's also true. Red Legacy, I know what we're talking about. That's true. Uh, all right. Uh, Mr. Mike, what would you learn today?
1: I guess
3: we'll make it a trifecta. I learned that there's a hammer ranch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be something, man. I can't uh, well, I can't. All them hanging that. out together. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you need a hammer? I got me a hammer. Uh, you just get to go pick one out? Or? I, I, You know, I think Odin just randomly picks them. I, I mean, I guess.
3: Well, an all-powerful being like that he probably gets bored, I guess. I don't
2: guess so. A million years, you gotta have something to do with that time. Training hammers on the hammer ranch <laughs> makes perfect sense, <laughs> Rob. What did I learn today? Uh, evidently you want Ross to have plastic underwear. <laughs> that was an off comment, but I don't think I want him to. I think he needs them when it's flooding. Keep I it think safe. You need
3: to let your inner musician out. Uh, sure. That's not true.
2: <laughs> that's not, there's just words that make sense know. with songs, and other words. Uh, okay. All right, uh, so after that nonsense I and mean, Ross's undergarments, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, right? <laughs> Poor Ross. For uh, more information, rossassin.net. <laughs> yeah, you want work done. Don't say you heard it here because I don't want to take responsibility. But at the same really? time, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you can get the work done. <laughs> uh, Rob, you want to do some books for watch? Oh, jeez. Uh, Yeah,
1: Marvel's got actually a bunch of new books for Legacy that are going to be fantastic. Um, Incredible Hulk is taking over for Totally Awesome, which is going to be really good. It's actually already got its first issue out, and it's fantastic. Astonishing X-Men's been great. Um, They just started a new series for Cable, which could be really good. Um, Flipping over to DC, uh, Teen Titans has continued to be fantastic. We also, of course, got Birthright, which is still one of my favorites to pick up on the side. was oh, another one I was thinking of, and it's just... slid right on past. So. All right, then.
2: Uh, it's Ross?
0: Yeah, so that uh, Halloween Comic Fest is coming up pretty soon. That's true. And there's uh, Free Chilling Adventures of Sabrina that you should read in that. And an issue of Ghostbusters looks pretty awesome. Um, none of it's new stuff, they're all reprints of old stuff, but it's a good way to get into something that maybe you wouldn't have tried out before. Right. Um, as far as other new stuff coming out, I'm pretty sure there's an ongoing of Hot Dog and the Werewolf that's...
2: that's not the title of the ...coming book. up
0: here pretty soon.
2: It's not The Hunger. Hunger. Hot Dog and the Werewolf. That's not what it's called. The hunger. Hunger. <laughs> Man. Je- okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's also a um, issue of Super Supersuns coming out in the near future. That is a team up of Crypto and Titus. That looks awesome. Super excited for that. That sounds amazing. And uh, DC has some pretty cool Christmas stuff in the works for a little while. I later. don't know if they'll
3: ever recapture that magic that was a
0: Larf a these Larf- 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 Christmas. It's just I, so things. fitting.
3: It's
1: hard to do. You know, yeah, that was a definitely excellent book. I'm really surprised <laughs> that Plays is still. He's kind of not been a thing most of the year, so it's about time. Pops mm. up again. Yeah.
2: I don't know how you'd sequel
1: that, though. I, I don't know, I you just don't
3: have know. to do a separate story. Yeah. You, you know what weird. I think?
0: Hmm. Instead of us making a sequel comic book to that, we make an animated Christmas special. It's like the Claymation style Christmas specials <laughs> of <laughs> Larfleas.
2: Claymation Larfleas? Yep. That would be fantastic. Can, can you imagine the shock as he pulls Rudolph's nose off? That would awesome. be awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be great. Wow. Man, do we know anybody that does animation? Right. Or claymation All right. stuff? We gotta know some we'll one figure person. Figure it out. Alright. It's gotta be a, a YouTube be video. Four it. years of
1: work to get it done. Mm. Mm. One person. New mission. Great. It kind of depends on how crummy you want it to look. <laughs> it's true. quicker the better. Just gonna it's gonna it it look it terrible.
0: The dog. It's really bad when the dog's doing it.
2: Yeah. It's pretty, pretty terrible. As long as you have a lot of red, it'll be fine. Fine. Um, Mike, Mike got some books to watch?
3: Oh, definitely. I caught my eye as the Sean Murphy Batman White Knight. Right. The Dog Team Up book sounds really cool.
2: So the, the Super Sons. Other than that,
3: I'm a little out of touch. Right. <laughs> Gotham City Garage might be interesting to keep track of.
2: Yeah. Well, I can understand that. There's lots. Yeah, dig it. Um, uh, As far as, like, series is getting ready to start or come out, uh, we're going to have a Jetson series start pretty soon, which, uh, not exactly sure if it's going to replace the Flintstones the same way, but the Flintstones paid off real well in the end. I know that sounds silly with me saying it, but at the same time, it was pretty freaking good.
0: I'm sure they're wanting to go for a similar...
2: Probably. Yeah. I'd be surprised Mm -hmm. if it wasn't. So i say at least check the first one of those out. Uh...
1: Yeah, try to get your retailer to order you trades for Flintstones, because it's actually it's really legit. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's like it's like when Turtles were coming out, you know, or were starting to come out. It feels weird saying, like, oh, this is a really legit series, and you should get into it, because your mind says, no, Flintstones, Ninja Turtles, they're not great comics. These are. Yeah. And they're, they're a big exception to that. I mean, the Flintstones is actually a really good satire kind of book. So, I'm, o- I'm honestly
0: surprised they ended that one, as popular as it was going. I know they were planning for it to be a limited thing, but I'm surprised they ended it still and didn't just keep it.
2: Yeah, I think it found most of it's following towards the end, which yeah, doesn't true. help it, but yeah. then people realized it was good after the first trade came out and they could finally have somebody tell them what to read, which is why we're doing this, people. We're trying to tell you what to do, to help you. Not because I'm ordering you. Sort of? Because like that? No? Order number yeah. one?
1: Is it? We read the book so that you can decide you want to read the book, too.
2: That's okay. <laughs> um, I, I would uh, Another suggestion would be Tinkers of the Wasteland. Uh, if you dig Tank Girl, it's got a very Tank Girl feel. Uh, it's black and white interiors so like old school Tank Girl. I dig it a lot. It's uh,
3: fun.
2: It's a fun book. Yeah, I think it's, it's cool. It's from a really small company, and I cannot remember the name of the company. Uh, but it, they are carrying it in Diamond now, so you can get your retailers to find it. Um, or ask me to find it, you know. If you come to our store, because I'm a retailer, isn't that terrible? It's like a pitch for nothing. Cheap plug. Cheap plug. That's what I like. All right, mm-hmm. cheap plug. Um, I feel like there was another one that's pretty decent that uh, I was excited for coming out of an image. Now and my brain's like bloop, same as Rob with the whole thing with the words and the. Oh, another one I'm digging a lot right now, which is two issues in, Wonder Woman Conan. What? Yeah, love it. It's so silly, and like, where it doesn't fit in continuity at all. It's a mini. Six-part mini series. Uh, issue one and two came out this last week, um, but it makes all the stories about Wonder Woman's first meeting a man, Steve Trevor, a lie because she hung out with Conan, and Conan's more of a man than Steve Trevor ever was. I mean, he didn't wear pants, Ross. He wore fuzzy underwear.
1: that what it takes? Fuzzy underwear.
2: Not, well and he wore them right? and ruled them it wasn't like he was wearing them he was like this feels weird
1: well, if you think about it you got the Trinity right you got He-Man Conan Thundar
2: and they were all awesome
1: and none of them wear pants no but they also wear fuzzy boots so I mean maybe it's the fuzzy mm. boots fuzzy brief
2: combo ah, that's a good point. that makes you a you know a real badass it would be hot wearing those fuzzy boots all the time that would definitely be warm but, but you're also
0: not wearing pants so that's
2: true <laughs> Does that make up for the... No, maybe it does. Maybe it does. I no. guess until I get a pair of fuzzy boots, I won't know, I won't know that. Yeah. That implies they have the it fuzzy boots. It depends model, on what right? time of year it is. That's true, too. Most of them take place in the summer, but I mean... Thundar is in the wasteland, so who knows what the temperature's like. Or it's cracked, so... That's true. Radiation. It might be... Right? So you think it'd be super warm. Is radiation warm? I think so. Hmm. I think it just makes you sick. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't affect the temperature so much? I, I don't know. When well, the meltdown first starts, so then it does. And after the meltdown, it just gross to be around. Yeah. Alright, anything else, lads?
1: Uh, well, I guess, actually, there's two. I, I didn't name them because I figured, that, I figured that Mike would say it. What? But uh, Black Science and, oh, yeah. uh, and Deadly Class. I know it's been a minute since we picked them up, but they're still good. Yeah, they, they are. Really are.
2: Still good. Yeah, they're mm. still good. Remember killing it. Mm. Heck yeah.
0: And look out for the new album from Jack and the Jet Streams.
2: <laughs> Jack and the Jet Streams. If you like dogs howling with guitar squealing, that's the thing for you.
3: That could be awesome. Is that it a Christmas, Christmas special upcoming? Or you, oh. could, you
2: could just name put Christmas
0: on it and it is. Yes. Yeah. It's,
2: it's gonna not have. A it's ring. not like you understand the words.
1: One one version of it's going to be like for Halloween, and one version is going to be Christmas. They might sound very similar.
0: The Christmas one we add sleigh bells. Yeah. The,
1: there you go.
2: Nice. Yeah. Ring, ding, ding, <laughs> ding. <laughs> awesome. The sad thing is that that could happen very easily. It is happening at this point. Everybody's Already Christmas started. gift this year. <laughs> now you know what you're getting. I guess um, i will have to bring Levi over. you need <laughs> more members. Oh, <laughs> and I just wanted to remind you guys to check out our uh, our new website, the top5comicspodcast.com website.
1: That's where you can capture all of the past episodes along with the newest episodes So that you can enjoy all the archive of Top 5 Comics Podcast. A lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah, because there's been like what? Like a hundred of them? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Uh, You can also check out related sites like my YouTube site, which is Ant-Man 2050. Uh, But more importantly than that, check out the podcast. Check out the rest of the shows. If you're new to it, check out some of the old ones. There's got to be something in there that you're going to like, along with a lot of great delicious interviews with all kinds of artists and writers
2: and actors and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of random random stuff. Yeah. The link will lead you to the Podomatic site too so, you know, as far as getting around you can. Anyway, it's new so check it out I guess. You know, leave feedback maybe. Um, and if you're YouTube, no, YouTube, iTunes subscriber, God, I can't remember my titles. Oh. If you're on iTunes, leave us a comment because that'd be awesome because that's all iTunes cares about. Apparently. Actually,
1: if you leave a comment, you're awesome. That's true. Yeah. Hey. If you're on iTunes and you leave a comment, then you're awesome. You're awesome. It's an awesome you know, <laughs> email. All
2: right, Tiki?
1: Tiki. Tiki.
3: Oh, come on, time. Mike. <laughs> I I don't, don't have an enemy, man. Uh,
2: you haven't seen that Cameron Rider. <laughs> That's true. You only no. have to see a little bit. And then, then you're a so then slave then to it. Tiki. Taki. That was a later that was a fighter in Soul Calibur. Mm. That's true. $25,000 a $25,000 come back. That's how my terrible. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>